Hey, 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 happy Friday. Um, I haven't done a solo live in a hot minute, so I thought today might be really fun. Um, it's a busy day, so I'm getting this thing in really early. Um, so I wrote a really long form blog post. If you're interested in this topic um, and really want to go deeper, just click the link in my bio and the very first link in the link tree goes to the blog post. But I wanted to talk about a really, really edgy subject, and that is the myth of sexual addiction. Um, I'm going to pull up my notes. So if you see me kind of looking uh, over somewhere else, that's just because I'm looking over my notes um, that I made in the blog. But I guess I want to start with the background to this conversation. So the reason, the reason that I want to share this particular subject, let's start with that, is I think a lot of people <clears throat> are mislabeled as a sex addict because they have strong sexual desires. They have strong sexual needs. And so it's easy for their partners to just blow them off or label them as sex addicts. Society too, therapy too. Now, is there addiction in the world? Absolutely. You can be addicted to pretty much almost anything. And the, the way to find out if you're addicted to something is to look at your life and see, is this making a serious negative impact on my life? This thing that I'm doing, this, um, this thing that I'm repetitively doing, is it causing a negative impact in my life? Am I sneaking it at work? Did I get fired because of it? Um, did I get written up because of it? Is it causing prob problems in my partnership or relationship? What I'm going to be talking about today is not that. So <clears throat> let's get into the meat of this. Um, I, the re how this all started was I, I walked into my partner's office about a week ago and I said, you know, there were a couple times in my life that I felt like overflowing when I say like my metaphor, my metaphorical cup, hopefully you understand what that means. Um, if you've ever heard someone say my cup is full, right? I feel like oh, some of that may even be borrowed from Christianity. Um, I'm like, maybe I learned that in the church. But I use a metaphorical cup example frequently. And when my cup is full, I'm happy and I can pour into other people. And I'm so excited about my life and what I'm creating. And I'm giving to others because I'm filled up first. And so I was talking with Scott and I said, you know, I was reflecting the other day and I felt like my sex cup, my sex and relationship happiness cup has overflowed a few times in my life. And whenever I think about when those times were, it was when I had additional partner play. I had additional partners on top of my primary partner and was having very frequent sex. What is very frequent? Every other day, every day. Um, that I have a very high libido and sex drive and I love to have sex feels good, makes me happy, makes my heart feel full. And so as I was coming to him with this conversation, he immediately gets defensive and he's like, Jen, I don't, I, I, I don't know that I can ever be like, I, that I can ever satisfy you. I don't know that you're ever going to be satisfied by anyone. And then he looked straight at me and he was like, do you think that you might have a sex addiction? And I was like, 
no. <laughs> However, the conversation did continue to spiral down. And I took some time and some space to really think about this question. And I think that as a society in general, we get really freaking uncomfortable talking about sex. There's lots of us that are walking around with sexual trauma. It's freaking crunchy and uncomfortable. This topic is triggering, especially if you have trauma associated with it. And not everybody experiences a high libido, which if you have a high sex drive, you're probably like, oh my God, how is it possible for people to not want to have sex all the time? <laughs> it feels so great and it makes me feel good. It lowers my stress levels. It's a great workout. Um, makes me happy. If you have a high sex drive, it's really, really hard to mentally wrap your mind around the fact that other people may not. Um, and so it's something to just keep in mind. Every body is made differently. So I want to go ahead and dive into this conversation of sex addiction. So just a few weeks ago, I was listening to a podcast with Alexa Bowditch and Dr. David Lay about sex addiction. All the links to everything that I'm talking about is in the blog post that I wrote that's in the link in my bio, very first link. So all you have to do if you're questioning any of this or want to go look at any of this is just click into my bio, click the link tree link, and then click the very first link. Two clicks and you're there. This podcast is in my blog post and I have linked to it so that you can also listen to it. And Dr. David Lay is a specialist. He is a therapist and a specialist in sex addiction and has written a ton of books about sex stuff um, and about addiction. In fact, I'm looking at one. It's called The Myth of Sex Addiction that he wrote that I'm about to dig into. But he says things like, um, I'm just going to read a quote from him that I have, have in my blog post. It says, much research indicates that so-called sex or porn addiction is most often just indicators of a high sex drive or libido. Sex and porn addicts look just like high libido people in much of the good experimental research, but many of these self-identified addicts also have moral, religious, family, or social conflicts about sexuality. So they are people who grew up in an environment where sexuality is shamed and suppressed, but they are a person who responds strongly to sex. And he goes on to say a lot of this is from religious stemming. So religion and the church and people in the church label you as a sex addict if you like sex. So what I would like to make a bold assumption of is the connection to our sexual need and the erotic blueprint. If you don't know what the erotic blueprint is, I'll talk about that in a minute. But let's just start with some really foundational information. Most of us have heard of Gary Chapman's five love languages. Either we were given the book in our first marriages, early on in our marriages. It's one of the most produced and published books in the entire world. It's in every single language in every single country. I don't know that I have a copy here. I think it may be in my bedroom, but I do have a copy of it. And the five love languages are words of affirmation. So this is this means the way that you feel love in your body is different than another person. There are five different ways that humans feel love. And you are one of these five, if not a stacking of several of the top of them. Okay. So these five are words of affirmation. 
I love you. You did a good job. You're a good girl. Those are words of affirmation. Quality time, that's obvious. So it's not just hanging out with your people, but spending actual quality time, phone off, looking eye to eye at someone, and that is the second love language. The third one is physical touch. Sex falls into this bucket. You like to be touched. Also sensual touch, um, any kind of touch. You want touch that makes you feel loved. Fourth is acts of service. That would be um, the husband that likes to go fill up his wife's tank with gas. Um, the, you know, husband, I, I don't know why I'm saying husband, but I guess I always think of like the man taking out the trash. Um, the woman making breakfast every morning for her family. Okay. These are acts of service. Five is receiving gifts. This doesn't have to be, I bought you a brand new wedding ring diamond. This could be little things. You think about your partner often. So as you're traveling, as you see things, you pick up little trinkets for them because you know they love to receive little gifts. They want to know that you're thinking about them all the time. So those are Gary Chapman's five love languages. I have a link to the quiz. It's free um, and it's in the blog post in the link in my bio. Okay. So almost everybody that I've ever encountered has heard of these five love languages and is somewhat comfortable in sort of understanding what they are for their partner. I would like to say it's very important that you and your partner take this five love language quiz if you haven't. It's a freaking rule book. Like you get the guidebook, the, the rule book, the playbook, if you want to talk sports terminology, to your partner and how to make them feel loved. So if you're noticing in your relationships that you're doing and you're doing and you're doing and they don't feel loved, you're probably not doing the right love language, friend. You need to go figure out what their love language is. And a good indicator is your partner will do their love language to you. And it may not be your love language. So you may be thinking like, why is my partner always following me around the house trying to touch me? Well, because they probably have physical touch as a very high love language for them. And they're wanting and craving that connection and they're wishing you would touch them, but you're not. <laughs> so you're not feeling loved and they're not feeling loved because you're not doing their love language, but they're doing it to you. Um, I hope this makes sense. So as an advanced student, I would like to propose that we layer on the erotic blueprints and stack this on top of your person's love language. So step one, identify your partner's love language. This is throughout the day, throughout your life, throughout your partnership, how you show love. The erotic blueprints take this to the next level and they tell us, what does your partner need to be sexually fulfilled? And it's not just penis and vagina. It's not just quickies. Like this is a form of sex that fulfills your partner. Okay. That warms them up, that gets them wanting you. So Jaya has created, <laughs> there's also five, that's funny, five erotic blueprints, energetic. So this would be in order for me to feel attracted, engaged, and connected to you, I need an energetic connection. I need to feel your energy. I need to feel your moods. I need to feel your love. Two is sensual. Sensual is pretty much the same as physical touch in my opinion, just maybe because that's what my partner demonstrates. But sensual is, um, it's not just physical touch. 
it is physical touch and it's wanting to have soft clothes on your body, really enjoying the feeling of a, you know, a gold chain necklace around your neck because it's cold and it's heavy. You're very into your senses. You love food and the taste or the temperature and you maybe even moan when you eat. That's sensual. Three is sexual. This means the act of sex makes you feel love. Fourth is kinky. That's easy, easy to understand. Okay. And then five is a shapeshifter, which means you score really high on all four of those and you can flow easily in and out of them. That's a shapeshifter. So I also have a link to the erotic blueprint quiz in my blog, as well as in the link tree, because I talk about it so often. I always recommend that you take the paid version. There's a free version and you get to learn one blueprint that's your top blueprint. But what I found is most of us have at least two top blueprints. So for example, Scott is energetic and sensual. I am sexual and sensual. So the reason for understanding more than just one is because you can stack them. You can use one a little bit more than the other because you know one's going to turn your partner on a little bit more, but you can use them together. Okay. So I also created a podcast exclusively talking about the erotic blueprints. That's also in the link in the blog post in my link tree connected to the account that you're, you're listening to. So I want to bring this conversation back to the beginning of this. <clears throat> where I was talking to Scott about my cup being overflowing and then him asking me about being a sex addict. And I want to be really honest in that this conversation that him and I had, it wasn't a fight. It was a conversation. It really rocked my world. It rocked us a bit as a couple. And for the next four days, we had absolutely no intimacy. We still slept in the same bed and we still touched each other and we still hugged each other, but like that was it. And I remember during those four days really feeling, you know, kind of wounded and hurt, broken, like something must be wrong with me. I have such an incredible partner, an incredible man. Like, why can't I just be fucking happy? You know? And he was left feeling, um, attacked by me, feeling not enough, feeling inadequate, feeling lacking and incredibly frustrated that again, I just can't be fucking happy. And so over the four days, I spent a lot of time reflecting on our conversation, the information that I was taking in and learning about. Um, And I, uh, my heart hurt so deeply over those four days from not connecting in the way that I like to connect with him and feeling really distant. And what was interesting is I noticed I kept giving to his blueprint, which is mostly touch and quality time. I know for Scott that makes him feel loved. And so I was continuing to touch him and come into his office and give him hugs and sit in his office and talk with him and hold, you know, deep conversation, which I know really feels his soul. But instead of me feeling connection about that, I mean, I felt connected, but I didn't feel love from that. Instead, I was feeling, you know, drained and exhausted. And like I was giving and giving and giving and giving and not getting filled back up. So I was laying in bed on the fourth night and it was probably 2 a.m. I laid in bed for two hours and I just kept thinking like, this feels so yucky. What is really the root of all of this? You know, like how can we get 
back on the same page. And all of a sudden it hit me because I was thinking I'm giving and I'm giving and I'm giving and I feel empty. And why is it that I feel the need to have frequent sex with him? And it hit me and I was like, duh, it's my erotic blueprint. So as we were talking about the five love languages, and that's how you connect with your partner just in general to help them feel love. The erotic blueprint is another deeper way to also feel additional love and to connect sexually. And so all of a sudden it made sense. It's not bad that I want to be sexual. That's how I feel love. I truly feel love from the act of us coming together. And so in the very same way that Scott craves touch and connection, I crave sexual intimacy fills up my heart and I feel loved and I feel safe and I feel taken care of. It calms my nervous system. And so I, in the blog post, I shared with you guys exactly what I sent to him. So I got my phone and he was asleep next to me. And I thought, I'm going to write this out. Instead of me word vomit salading all over him, oh my gosh, I found this thing and this is the answer. I was like, I'm just going to write it really concisely so that he understands what I've come up with, what I've figured out. And so I wrote out everything that I had figured out and the love language connection and the blueprint connection and why I was feeling so depleted, although I was filling him up, he wasn't filling my erotic blueprint need up. Um, and so I, I sh again, I share all of it and I think it's a really interesting read. And I'm curious if you guys that are listening come up with anything from it, you know, just, does it trigger something for you? Does it connect the dots for you, especially if you have a high libido where you're like, oh, now I get why I feel this way. So anyway, I, I sent it to him. I hit send. I went to sleep. Mm -hmm. And then I woke up the next morning and he must have woken up in the middle of the night because he woke me up to have sex. And I could feel that connection come back together. I could feel him melt. I could feel him understand. And um, I, within the blog post, I, I really think you should go check it out. I negotiate for a regular sex life, <laughs> a regular sexual coming together of the two of us so that my nervous system knows that sex is going to happen. My nervous system knows I'm going to feel deep love and connection every X number of days. Um, and so anyway, I'm not going to talk about that now, but go check it out. It's in the blog post that's in the link above. So now that I've got all of that figured out, <laughs> I do have some questions for you to ponder. These questions, again, are in my blog post, but one is take a moment and really feel into your body. And as I ask these three questions, just listen to what comes up. The first one is, are you resentful to your partner's neediness? And could it be that you have not stopped to learn or understand their love language or their blueprint needs? Could it be that you just don't understand that what you see as neediness is really truly a need and desire from your partner. And it couldn't, and maybe that's not sex. Maybe that's physical touch. Maybe it's words of affirmation. Maybe it's kinky time. Number two, do you know your partner's roadmap? 
Do you truly know what makes them feel loved and makes them feel sexually fulfilled? And if not, stop and take the two quizzes. Take the two quizzes yourself, give them to your partner and say, hey, babes, you have some homework. You have some homework I want you to do. It's going to make us even closer. It's going to make me understand how to bring you pleasure and make you feel loved. So here's the link. Please take this and send the results back to me. And then from there, you'll know how to show up for your partner. And number three, are you boldly asking for what you want? Or are you making yourself small to fit into your partner's comfort zone? Guys, this conversation of me walking into Scott's office to ask for what I want was hella hard. It was incredibly fucking uncomfortable. I didn't want to do it. And as we moved through the difficult conversations, it didn't get easier for days. It felt crunchy and fucking uncomfortable. But what I found was when we came into the other side of this and we worked through by communicating so frequently, we feel so much closer. And Scott's not curious and trying to figure out how to bring me happiness and pleasure and love. He has such a clear roadmap. And the clarity that I was able to find after taking a break for four days, um, it's something that's going to benefit our entire relationship for as long as we're together, which hopefully is forever. So I want to encourage you to take some time to do some research and to really dig into your own partner's needs. And not only that, if your partner is really confused about your own needs and you're feeling that lack and you're feeling not filled up, your cup not being filled, you can also offer this information to your partner. So conversation could be something like, hey, babe, I watched this live on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, insert whatever platform you're listening to this on listening to this live this other day and this lady was talking about these blueprints and these love languages. And so I got really curious and I took these tests and these quizzes, they're not tests, these quizzes. And here are the results that I found. You know what? I've been feeling really desiring more touch in my life. And now I understand it's actually how my body is fed. It's how I feel love from you. And then when I took the erotic blueprint quiz, I realized, oh, I'm, I'm sensual. I'm very sensual. And so here's some, here's some information on how to do more of that for me. And in return, I want to learn yours too. I want to learn your roadmap. I want to bring you more pleasure and love and safety and security into our relationship. Guys, I hope that this was helpful. It was, this is probably one of the most transparent talks I've had. I feel like maybe in a while I did talk about the divorce and I did talk about opening up and I do frequently, but this is something recently that has been really sticky in our relationship that we've been able to work through. And I thought, this is something everybody needs to know. Every single person in relationship needs to know and understand that it doesn't have to be confusing. It doesn't have to be hard. There are resources out here available for us to learn our partner and ourselves. So let's use them. Talk to you next time.